Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Paul Burry and Christian Okay. We almost forgot the order out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I hesitated for a second. <laughs> so the NBA bubble playoffs are here. Obviously, we're in the unprecedented territory, but the bubbles work great so far. So far, zero positive cases in the bubble, which is amazing. Um, and both teams are ready to go. Or both teams, all teams in the playoffs are ready to go. Uh, so this is kind of our playoff preview. We could also discuss a little bit the Bulls and the Pelicans obviously firing their coaches and and what I think is the inevitable Bulls hiring of Kenny unless they fuck it up, which knowing the Bulls, there's a decent chance that's going to happen. Um, the Pelicans aren't even considering him, so I don't really know what to say to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> they want Ty Lue and Jason Kidd, which, like, you're just uh, openly not giving a fuck about Zion's career if you do that. Um, yeah. But the playoffs... <laughs> The playoffs start tomorrow. Jazz Nuggets at 1.30. Nets Raptors at 4. 76ers against the Celtics, 6.30. 9 p.m. Mavs Clippers the second day. Uh, I believe it opens with yeah, Magic Bucks at 1.30. Heat Pacers at 4. Thunder Rockets at 6.30. Trailblazers Lakers at 9. So we could, I'll, I'll say let's start with the East. Um, we generally do that. The 1-8 matchup is the obviously the Milwaukee Bucks against the Orlando Magic. I mean, do you guys really want to discuss this one? Like sweep, sweep. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Orlando did win a game last year against Toronto, so I mean, it might go five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, yeah, God, I don't know. Like this Orlando. But, is, you know what? The th- you know what, Nick? Though the Bucks have sucked ass in the bubble, though they've been kind of bad, and Giannis with that headbutt is kind of concerning to me for a, for later in the playoffs. Like, is he going to be focused? Or is he going to just keep doing these stupid things and stuff? I don't like that. He definitely loses his temper a little bit sometimes. You could see that. He gets frustrated. Um, he's a sore loser. I feel like he's a sore, like he's headbutted other people before. He or he's did. done he's done other things. And sorry to cut you off, Nick, but last year when Hazonia dunked on him, they asked him the next time they played, like, what do you think of Hazonia? And he said he's going to punch him in the face if he sees him. So they had to sit Hazonia down. <laughs> Wow. Jeez, you know, I mean, he is, he plays at balls to the wall. I give him that. He doesn't rest or anything. I mean, even with the kind of insane ref treatment he gets, which is crazy. And as you know, as the first game of the bubble and the Celtics played them, and he should have fouled out like four times, especially that punch of the, when he punched Tyson the dick and they called nothing. And I, at that point, and the, that would have been six. And they're like, oh, it's not a flagrant. But it's not a foul either. Like I, I lost my mind on that. There was the clear charge, in my opinion. It wasn't clear, but like they initially called it a charge. There was not nearly enough evidence to overturn it. And, of course, they did to keep him in the game. Um, but I'm not sour at all. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not a sore loser at all myself. Um, but the 1-8, yeah, I mean, I just don't see how Orlando even wins a game. Maybe they like, just said they win one out of just pure luck. But... I mean, they're just not good. I mean, they don't have Jonathan Isaac. They have one of the worst three-point shooting teams in offense, of, just offense in general in the NBA in terms of team-wise. Um, maybe Vucevic plays well. They can steal one, but I would be very, very surprised. I think, I think are we all in agreement that this is going to probably be a sweep? Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on then. Um, <laughs> uh, so the Nets against the Raptors. So, Paul, I'm going to let you take this one uh, first to kind of discuss it since you, the Nets obviously are your team. But yeah, before yeah. I let you do that, I just want to say that I've been very impressed. you got to give him props, man. The way they're Karis playing. LeVert has been playing tremendously. Holy yeah. fuck. He, he's played like a star. I, I feel like... I do feel like he's one of those guys with more talent around him that doesn't play well. Like him and Kyrie, the lineups this year, net rating-wise, were terrible. Mm-hmm. But when he's by himself, when he's the clear score in the offense, you could see he's a, he's a stud. You, you, you can really score. But Paul, yeah. I'm going to take this away for uh, Nets Raptors. Go ahead. He, yeah, I mean, like... Um, oh, I also want to add about Karis. Like, he got um, onto, I think, the second all-bubble team or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. So... You know, just to further like highlight how great he's been since the restart. Um, but yeah, I mean, part of, like my brain kind of tells me oh, it's probably going to be a sweep. But like, and I I don't think the Nets are gonna pull an upset or you know take it very far. But I think it's going to be at least a little bit tighter than a lot of people expected. Like you know, once the Nets injuries started piling up. I think they might be able to steal a, a game from the Raptors just because Jacques Vaughn has been able to overachieve so much with this team. Yeah, and Jacques Vaughn has done a good job. Uh, yeah. You got to give him that. I think he's handled this pretty, uh, his job pretty well. I think he there is a chance he can take the job next year full-time. Um, I personally believe that it's probably going to be a sweep. Again, like you said, I could see... The Nets stealing a game. One thing about the Raptors, their offense and they they well they started the bubble as the best team. Mm-hmm. You know, they won their first three games. And then they played the Celtics. And I just want to say, and I know you can say I'm a Celtic fan, but you could ask anyone that knows me and talk I said before that game, I said I'm a hundred percent sure the Raptors are going to lose to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a letdown game type of game from the beginning. And the Celtics, I mean, they not only won, they destroyed them. They like the 22 point win wasn't even indicative of how much of a blowout it was. Like at time, I think it was like a 38 point lead at one point. Jeez. Uh, now, not, now the Celtics are not even close to being that much better than the Raptors, obviously. Um, but I think the Raptors got exposed a little bit and you can kind of see their flaws for one. And I think the Nets do have some characteristics of the Celtics that can exploit them for one thing. When the Raptors went to Pascal Siakam in the post, that's not that efficient offensively. Like, they kept trying to post Jalen Brown up, and it just kept not working. And I feel like the Nets could throw a couple guys on him that are kind of similar stature to Jalen Brown and can kind of slow him down, especially on post-ups a little bit. Lance Thomas is garbage, don't get me wrong. That's- Damn. Oh, my God. Yeah, most but- of Lance Thomas. My God. Yeah, but he he physically is kind of built for Siakam, you know? And I guess I, I still feel like they're just not going to – I mean, they're not going to have enough to win a game. Uh, but I would not be shocked. I just – I feel like the Raptors' defense is just too good across the board. But let's not forget, the Nets did beat the Raptors during the regular season. I believe they're the team that ended the win streak. I think so, yeah. And so I feel like, I guess I'll say Raps in four, but I think every game is going to be, at least three of the games are going to be close. Because Brooklyn, they they play so hard. 
and in this bubble, they played fairly well. Outside of the Celtics game, I mean, I remember Paul, <laughs> I said he like, well, this got out of hand fast. Yeah. Uh, but, and and listen, the Celtics in that game, we all remember the Karis LeVert 50-point game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of payback, or they're they're kind of payback to that, you know. Mm-hmm. They they that was definitely per, that game was definitely personal, and also we are coming off a terrible loss to the Jimmy Butlerless Heat, which since that game the Celtics I believe have gone undefeated. I could be wrong, but I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, they they clearly were locked in in that game, and the Nets coming off that Bucks win obviously weren't. Um, so I'm going to say Nets in four. I mean uh, <laughs> Nets in four. Raptors in four, maybe. I like Nets in four. (laughs) (laughs) If Karras goes off, but Christian, what do you say? I'll say I'll say Raps in five. Um, I think I think the games will be really close, and this is kind of um, this is the kind of series that kind of is important for a guy like a Karras Levert and a Jared Allen to show what they have because, as you know, I think Kyrie's on. Their shit list. I could be wrong though, but you know, if you're the Nets, as I said before, they're really thinking about next year and beyond because I think next year is their their opportunity to go and strike gold and win a championship, especially if KD is healthy and Kyrie and all those guys. But if they do compete really hard, that's great for them, and I think they will. I think they'll do that. And um, I think one way they could stop Siakam is maybe putting Allen on him because Allen he's done a pretty good job in the bubble. He's been really good too. And um, I, I just think the Raptors, though, have more experience. You know, they're the, they're the defending champions. You know, yes, Kawhi carried them last year, but let's not discredit a lot of those guys. They're pretty damn good. Um, but I just think the Nets don't have enough, man. If they had Kyrie and KD, this would be a completely different uh, discussion. But, yeah, I just got to take the Raps at five. I think if they had Kyrie and Katie, this would be a very interesting series. It would be fun. I'll say this about the Nets. They don't play any defense, but goddamn, if they do keep Karis LeBurn, they do keep, like, uh, Joe Harris, and they keep all these players, with adding Katie and Kyrie, man, they're going to score a lot of points. They won't stop anybody, but holy hell, you're going to really have to score with them, and that's going to be really difficult with those two guys out there. I had a hot take the other day. Um, I said, because like I said, Kyrie and LeBurn, I played a little bit, when Kyrie was uh, was still playing this season. And their lineups, I mean, you look at them, they weren't good. I mean, defensive rating-wise, they were extremely bad. Uh, so I think if they keep Levert, in my opinion, I, I would bring him off the bench next year. But that's just me. I know that's kind of a hot take to say because he's obviously one of their best players. And he's, pr- he's, probably, he's probably their third best player with KD and Kyrie sitting. Um, I mean, like... I mean, like, Paul, can I ask you, like, how would you feel if they traded him? Do you think that would be weird? Because I, I feel like he's a great number three, honestly. Yeah, I would hate to see it. I think, like, especially, like, you know, he could run that second unit. Because the only, like, the big issue with Karras is, like, he's definitely one of those players that kind of needs the ball to really flourish. Um, so, and, you know, especially given, like, you know, even though KD's been off for a season, he's coming off, a, off of an Achilles injury. Kyrie is always hurt. So, like, I don't know. I, I I guess I could see an argument for Karras to be traded, but I think he's just too good to take away. Because I really do think he could pretty much be, like, the um, third star that the team really needs. I don't think it makes sense to... Get, especially, like, how team-friendly his contract is. 
because yeah. it's not like on some sort of crazy money. We don't need to like throw away all of our depth or anything like that. So I think he's he definitely provides like a lot of value for you know how much he's being paid. So there I think they should few, definitely stick with him. There are only a few third stars I'd move him for. Like Bradley Beal became available, you have to do that. But mm-hmm. I don't think Bradley Beal is going to be available. So and I then think- you're adding Bradley Beal, who has even though like over the past like couple seasons he's been pretty durable. Like he's still considered someone who's injury prone. I think. Yeah, so it's also it's also him, just yeah, it, but it's also yeah. just really risky to trade all your like your bench your bench value for another start because then let's say Kyrie and Katie get hurt again and you just have Bradley Beal. Well, then it's just like it's just like the Wizards this year. It's like well, you're gonna win like 25 games, but that's it. You know, it's too risky to do that. Exactly. And that's the, yeah. the Warriors had obviously when they signed Durant. As I mean, they had the, Durant's a no-brainer, but like they, their bench is so bad now. Like they yeah, like last yeah. year was all their bench guy. Uh, this year was all their bench guys playing with Curry and Clay out, and they won like ten games. Like they were an awful team. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, back on track. So uh, we got two. I believe so. Two wraps and fives. One wraps and four, which is me. Um, but, but it's going to be very, very interesting for sure. Um, so three and six, Uh Oh, hold on. Let me get, let's get ready for this. Oh, all right, guys, gonna, I'll, I'll take the, you know, what I'm going to do first. I'm going to let you guys predict the series first and talk. And then I'm going to kind of go into a deep dive to this series myself, because obviously I'm a Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. Can I go first? Yeah, Christian, go first. Okay, question. Is Joel Embiid playing? Because I haven't been paying attention. Yes, he is playing. Okay. Um, I. So here's the thing. Boston has owned Philly. I mean, they beat them, I think it was two years ago in the playoffs. And just in general, Boston just owns them in, in, in the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, the only thing I'll say is that the one advantage that Philly has against Boston is their size because Boston really likes to play small and Embiid and Horford together could cause a lot of problems if those two can stay healthy and play well but as I've been saying since the very beginning of the season where people were guessing of the 76ers I said their bench sucks ass and they gave up a lot of assets for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and in my opinion they signed the wrong guy I thought they should have gone and kept Jimmy instead of keeping Tobias I just don't think Philly has enough to beat Boston. I just think that Tatum and Brown and Kemba and Cancer and those guys are just going to beat the ever-loving fuck out of them, honestly. I mean, and another thing is that just Embiid is just, he's not healthy, man. He hasn't been healthy since he's come in the league. When he is healthy, he's dominant, but he's always injured. And I just don't think they have enough. I, I don't think they have enough to beat Boston. Um, the only way they're beating Boston is if Embiid and Horford play lights out. And Horford has been terrible for them this year. So I, I think I think it'll be maybe... I'll be friendly here. I'll say it's going to be six games. But I don't think I don't think it's going to be that close, honestly. I, I don't see how Philly wins this series. They just don't have shooting. They don't have bench depth. And I think Boston is going to cruise with Tatum and, and Draylon Brown, honestly. Paul, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just not really convinced by this Philly team because, like, they just seem like they just can't ever, like, get everything to click. And now, it's, like, with Ben Simmons out, um, 
I'll make you happy, Nick. I'll say it's going to be... I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll say something wild. I'll, I'll say Boston with a sweep. Why not? Wow. Ooh, damn. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if I'd go... Okay. So, okay, a couple things first. Um, as we were recording this, basically as we were recording this, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe a little before, Brett Brown said he might start Matisse Thibel for this series, which, if he does that, that's kind of interesting, because Matisse Thibel has guarded Kemba Walker extremely well this year. Um, but I just, my heart just stopped because I saw like the Celtics just released their injury report and I saw someone say questionable. And I thought for a second that like, it was like Kemba or Tatum, but it was like Romeo Langford and Vincent Poirier. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like God, if that was like Kemba or Tatum as questionable, I would have shit myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this series is what I didn't want at the beginning of the season. Like I said, Philly is, like you said, Christian, they're so much bigger than us. Like, gigantic difference. They are, size-wise, this is not even a comparison. Um, and one thing I will say about the Ben Simmons injury, it's going to have, it, I'm not sure the effect it's going to have yet, because... They looked really good without him those last few games. They shot the ball very well. In a way, I almost think that's a good thing. Like, at one point of their last games, they were shooting 14 for 22 from three, which, like, Philly never does that, you know? So my hope is that after a long layoff, they're going to start game one and miss everything. Um, But I don't think there's any doubt Embiid's going to have more space now. And that's something that scares me a little bit. Um, I think... Though, the thing that's going to really kill them with not having Simmons, who guards Jason Tatum? I asked you guys, who would you put on Jason Tatum now? Tobias Harris? Like, who else do they have? Yeah, like, Tobias Harris sucks on defense, you know? You have Josh Richardson, who's probably too small to guard Tatum. You you could put maybe Al Horford, maybe? But Al Horford's slow. I mean, Jason Tatum can uh, Jason Tatum dumped on him this year. You know, like Al Horford, to be fair, Christian, you made a good point that Al Horford has been really bad this season. To be fair, in the bubble, he's actually been pretty good. Like, if you look at his numbers, but still defensively, like, and I mean offensively, you know, like he shot the ball better. But defensively, he's just clearly lost a step. I mean, they gave up, I think, 130 to Portland the other day. Like, their defense is not very good, you know, uh, without Ben. And that's where they're really going to miss him. So offensively, actually, I could see them being a little better. But defensively, it's going to really hurt because the Celtics have, like you said, we have four guys on our team that can score 20 points. And Marcus Smart has hot nights. You know, that's another guy that can do it. Like, that's tough to stop. There's there's basically four, maybe five, you can argue. Um, I think the Celtics are going to win in six. I think... Here's the thing about this series. I this, that people everyone says that things come e- like people that the Celtics are going to win easily. First off, I feel like the Celtics have never had won or won anything easily except maybe last year against Indiana when we swept them. But like think about it for a sec. The Celtics in 2008 won the title. Their first round they played the 37-win Atlanta Hawks and barely beat them in 7 games. Like, that's really all you need to say. It's, it's really like nothing comes easy to us. Um, 
I think the, the, the key matchup for this series, I think what's going to define this series, is actually not Joel Embiid. It's Al Horford versus Jalen Brown, because that's what I think is going to cover Al Horford, is Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown has done an excellent job guarding bigger guys this year. He guarded Anthony Davis pretty well. Uh, he guarded Al the other time. I was at the game where the Celtics killed them in Boston. Um, and granted, Kemba hasn't played in, like, does Philly beat the Celtics three out of four times this year in the regular season? Now, granted, two of those games were on back-to-backs, and one of them was on opening night uh, for the Celtics. No games were back-to-backs for Philly. Um, and But the thing is, Kemba did not play in the game the Celtics won. So, uh, after I got on along there, for a, but basically, here's the point I'm making. If Jalen Brown, like, even ties Al Horford, like, just ties him in terms of impact, I just don't see how Philly wins the series. You know, like, I just... Because they're going to need their guys to just shoot lights out, or we're going to just double Embiid all the time. Embiid's going to get his points for sure, but he's going to have to play 40-plus minutes. You know? Like, he's going to be tired. He's not in great shape. I think Embiid is going to win them a game or two. Like, he just... The refs have called so many fouls in the bubbles. In the bubble. I don't think any... I don't think you guys know this, but Daniel Tice, who's the Celtics starting center, he's had a very good year. But I don't think any player gets picked on more by the refs than him. Like, we have Celtics fans have this thing we call the war on Tice because that's what it is. He literally, refs hate, refs hate him. Like, we always ask, like, did, did he have like an affair with one of the refs' wives or something? <laughs> like, literally, they call out him so much. Like, it's, and, and like Brad Stevens has to constantly challenge just to get a foul off him. So basically, after that long explanation, I think it's going to basically come down to can Phillies role players make threes? If the answer is no, they just have no chance. Like Embiid is going to have no space. The Celtics are going to be able to double team all over the court against him. Can two? Can the Celtics force turnovers? The Celtics have been defined all year by them forcing turnovers because they're a small team. If they can force turnovers, get out and run, again, like I said, Philly has no shot. If it's a slow game where Philly can, you know, slow the pace down, get Embiid the ball a ton, not turn it over, they, Philly has a chance. They have a real chance, I think. Um, I have and- a quick question for you, actually, um, since you brought up Tice. Um, do you think Robert Williams, Time Lord, is going to be a factor in the playoffs? So, okay, I think Time Lord and Cantor... Are, are as a backup. I think this is more of a Cantor series because mm-hmm. Cantor is a better MB defender than Time Lord is. But Time Lord looked amazing the last like four games, yeah, and yeah. and including against Brooklyn, as you saw. Uh, I, I don't know if you watched that game, but he made a big impact in that game. Uh, to a lot of centers do. So <laughs> yeah, he I believe was like a plus twenty five in that game against Brooklyn. Like he. He definitely has a knack to to make big plays. Uh, he, he when he plays like Dennis Rodman, which he's had spurts of. The Celtics <laughs> are just incredibly dangerous as a team. Cantor though is probably the best MB defender the Celtics have. He's actually better at it than people like. I mean, Christian, you know this because he played for the Knicks. Like he's a better MB defender than people give him credit for. He's always been pretty good against Joel. Uh, yeah, and you know what else too with him is that he's. 
you know, also what helps your defense is if you're really active offensively and he's a beast on the offensive glass. So if you make Embiid work, that's another way you can tire him out. And that's what Kansas can do. Yep. I mean, it, like literally the number one goal for the Celtics with Embiid is to get him tired. That's basically what we want in this series. It's to get him tired. And also Kemba, who has struggled against the Sixers, like I said, that's the last key, I think. I mean, I mentioned so many, but the last key of the series I think both benches are not very good on both teams, but the good news is their best bench player is Alec Burks, and the Celtics have Marcus Smart on their bench. And Marcus Smart has been a defensive like, like he he's the minute he got snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year, like nominated. I didn't think he was going to win, obviously, but the minute he got snubbed for being nominated for that, like he just has been a different animal. Like he's just he, like Fred Van Fleet scored I think zero points against him on like nine shots. In the game against Toronto, like he completely shut him down, and I think if he can shut Burks down, then Philly's bench really doesn't have much. Thibault, like I said, is one guy. I mean, I think they they might bring out Horford off the bench now. It seems like if they're starting Thibault, uh, he, maybe he'll make an impact. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, if Al Horford doesn't make an impact, if Philly's role players don't make threes, I just don't see how Philly wins. Embiid's going to get tired. The Celtics are going to have too much. Like the Celtics have, like I said, four guys that can score twenty points. They don't, and without Simmons, Philly just doesn't have enough defenders. So after that long explanation, I'm going to say Celtics in six games. I do think that Embiid can win them a game or two, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. But I just think at the end, Philly just doesn't, like you said, I just don't think they have enough. They definitely can win if a lot of things go their way, like how it went in the regular season. Uh, and like if Kemba stinks. If Tatum shoots badly, if the Celt- if, if MB dominates, if the Celtics don't force any turnovers, if they make their threes, then yeah, they definitely can't win. I just feel like it'd be tough to do, and it just feels like Philly. And also another thing too, Brett Brown versus Brad Stevens. I mean, that's a huge mismatch. So I'm gonna say Celtics in six. My brain is telling me Boston in five. I feel like that's just too easy to say, you know. Um, I'm so I'm gonna go Boston in six, then move on to probably face the Raptors. Okay, I think I probably went for twenty minutes there, but you know, <laughs> I mean, we got the gist of it. Um, so the four or five is Indiana against Miami. I, I I initially wanted the Pacers against the Celtics around one. But with the way they played and how Philly played, I'm not sure I want that anymore. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I think I think the Heat are going to win this a lot easier than people think. Um, I think just Jimmy's in TJ's head. He is. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. He is. Thank the Lord for this matchup. We get maybe a fight in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if we don't get one fight in this series, I'm going to be insanely disappointed. Uh, I, there's definitely a lot of animosity between these two teams. There's no doubt about it. But you also notice the Heat, I believe, outside of that meaningless Pacers win the last game of the the bubble, the Heat has swept them. And including a 20-point win against the Heat, I mean, against the Pacers in a recent game of the bubble, the first one, not the second one. I just feel like the Heat are a bad matchup. For Indiana, like especially Indi- I don't think Indiana is getting Sabonis back the rest of the season. So I just feel like this is—I I guess this is Miami's time in terms of getting the second round. Like I feel like 
Jimmy and Bam are going to be too much. I, I, I think Bam has really hurt the Pacers this year. Uh, as good a defender as Turner is, he struggles with him. I think Jimmy's played obviously played very well. Uh, and the Heat just have too many shooters. I feel like Indiana can't really take advantage of the fact that the Heat shooters are bad defenders. That's really their biggest weakness is that their three-point sh- – like Duncan Robinson Tyler Hero can't guard anyone. Um, but I feel like Indiana might win a game or two. So I'm going to say Miami and my brain – Miami six. I guess I'll go Miami six, but I could see it being five as well. Where would you like to go? <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have too much to add. I think the Heat's going to win it. Um, I like. I don't think TJ Warren is going to – keep scoring at like this crazy clip i think he's gonna settle back down because like i'm just reading right now like through the first three games he was averaging almost 40 points and like that's not that like normal Damn. yeah he's gonna he would, come he, back he, to the mean lillard did his thing huh he was the bubble mvp until lillard did his thing yeah, yeah definitely yeah i think the heat's gonna win it maybe in like I'd say like five, maybe in six, but yeah, I, I just think they're they're just the stronger team on paper, you know. Even though I think the Pacers are going to put up a pretty good fight, but like there's gonna, I think one big question, like because everyone's been wondering, like, oh, does Oladipo still want to stay in Indiana and stuff? So, I mean, just to play into the nar- narrative, I guess who knows what his mindset's going to be like in the game. Yeah, and this is the team he's rumored to, right? I believe is Miami. Oh, I didn't hear that. I don't know. Well, very least, like, this is, yeah, you got to wonder how committed he is. You know, uh, so, Christian, how do you see this series going? Well, I've been saying all year the Pacers are a dark horse in the Eastern Conference, but losing Sabonis really hurts them. And Jimmy Buller is just an absolute dog. I, I love Jimmy Buller so much. He's the epitome of the player I like. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I don't know, because I could see the Pacers winning the series if they really just play. They had to play amazingly. Like, Miles Turner has to dominate Bam, and I don't know if he can do that. Oladipo has to play, like, himself two years ago, and I don't know if he can do that. And I don't know if TJ Warren, like you guys said, can keep up what he's been doing. So, uh, I don't know. I, I want to see the Pacers, but I just think that Jimmy is just going to carry the heat to the next round and you know what i'll say it's i'll say the Heat will win in seven maybe maybe it's just going to be like a five or six game series but i think the Heat will win the series um yeah I, I just think most of the time whoever has the best player on a team usually wins and i think jimmy is better than i think jimmy is just a a, a notch of better than oladipo and tj warren and those guys in indy um, I think it's going to be a fun series, though, for sure. I think it's going to be competitive, and like I said, I hope there's a fight. But I just don't think I don't think the Patriots have enough juice to to propel them to the next round. Yeah, I think um, I think like you said before, Philly is really direly missing a Jimmy Butler type of player right now. Not just um, not just because obviously they miss his offense, but I feel like defensively as well. Like like I mentioned before, who who guards Tatum from that group from Josh Richardson, Matisse Thibault, who is a good defender, but like I said, he guards Kemba way better than he guards Tatum. Um, 
And also just his mentality. He's like a dog, man. He's literally like the definition of a dog. He goes at yeah, you yeah. until you get until you can't take it anymore. <laughs> That's what I love yeah, about Jimmy Butler, man. That's what I wonder too with the Celtics series. I mean, the Celtics in Philly, but the Heat. It's like if Philly gets punched in the mouth early, you know, are they gonna quit? You know, are they if like they go down two games to none? Are they gonna are they gonna quit? Or are they gonna just kind of stop playing hard? Or are they with Jimmy? You know, they wouldn't do that. But now, I mean, you know, the Heat wouldn't. I mean, the Heat are very tight knit team and i personally think i i think philly has been a little better in the bubble since i got there but like i said with no ben we don't really know how it's gonna go especially when adversity hits uh with this first round series um but yeah we'll talk about the second round next podcast obviously i should preface this podcast by saying this is just the first round um but western conference time boys (laughs) One versus eight, Lakers versus Portland. So, okay, I know a lot of people love the Blazers and, oh, the Blazers are going to push the Lakers. The Lakers have looked bad in the bubble, which they have. That's fair. Uh, the worst offensive, uh, offense, I believe, in the bubble statistically are one of them. Um, but as much as I hate the Lakers and, God, I want to pick against them, I just can't do it. Like... I think Lillard's going to win Portland one game, but he's just too tired from carrying the Blazers. He has just carried them to this point. And I'm not complaining. The Celtics are going to get a higher pick with a Memphis pick. But, but um, the um, I mean, it's only like two spots, but, you know, something. Uh, so I just can't, you know, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Like, I just can't see... I mean, mellow on LeBron. That's all All you really need to say right there. I think Nurkic can give AD a little trouble, but that's about it. Sir, I'm taking the Portland Trailblazers in seven. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, listen. I've said it all year as well. I think LeBron and AD, you know what you're going to get from them. They're going to dominate. My concern with the Lakers is, can you trust Kyle Kuzma as your number three? And can you really trust... Rondo, Danny Green, Alex Caruso, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. I mean, those guys are trends from 2010, man. It's not 2010 anymore. We're in 2020, people. I don't know if the Lakers, and they'll probably win the series, but I don't know if, you know, when they get to the second round, they have to play maybe Denver or somebody else, and they get possibly to the Western Conference Finals, and they play the Clippers. Can there, Can LeBron and Anthony Davis... Christian, real quick, clarify. Yes. If yes. they get to the second round, they play the winner of Houston OKC. Oh, okay. Okay, well then, regardless of that, they'll probably win that series too. But if they get to the Western Conference Finals, let's say, they have to play the Clippers. I just trust, I mean, who do you trust more? You know, do you trust Lou Will and Montrezl Harold, or do you trust Alex Caruso and Rondo? I just think that if the Lakers get past this series, they're going to have a really hard time because they're going to have to play LeBron a lot. And I know he's one of the greatest players to ever play. I say he's the second best ever. I know Anthony Davis is a magnificent player. He's great, probably the next best player in the league. But I just don't know if they're bench depth. I don't know if Kyle Kuzma can step up. And I think Portland can't give them a run for their money. I really do. I really do. I know LeBron and AD are going to go crazy. But like I said, 
do you trust Kuzma or do you trust a guy like a CJ McCollum? I know he's been playing like dog trash recently, but last game he's pretty good. I I just think I just think that Nurkic is an underrated defender. He's got a lot better. He's not the best defender in the world, but I think he can do a decent job by Anthony Davis. They can bring Hassan Whiteside off the bench as well and just keep rotating him and Nurkic out there defending AD so they have bodies on him. And with LeBron, he's going to go off. I'll admit that. He's going to go batshit crazy because Melo is not going to be able to guard him. But Melo, when he's determined and when he's motivated, he's going to try at least. And it's not going to be like LeBron's going to just cakewalk dominate. I mean, he still will because he's the best player in the league. But Melo's going to try to give him a run for his money. And I think Dame, they're going to keep double-teaming Dame. And that's where you got to see guys like CJ McCollum and Gary Trent. And if they play Mario Hazonia, which I don't know if they are or not, but the Blazers really need their others to step up. If Nurkic plays well, if Whiteside plays well, if CJ plays well, if Melo plays well, they're going to, they have a chance. I think I, I really do. I know, I know everybody's, I know everybody's high off the Blazers right now, including myself, but I, I think the Blazers could win this series. I really do. I really do. And part of it is because I have I have one of the Blazers jerseys hanging up in my room. His name is Carmelo Anthony, damn it. <laughs> I think we should all apologize to Carmelo Anthony. You know what? Yeah. No, I mean, listen, he, he's like, I can admit it. He's my favorite player ever. I love Melo for what he did in New York. I know he didn't want us a championship, but he brought back life to the Knicks. But I can admit his flaws, okay? Is he overrated as a player in impact? Probably. He's probably overrated. I can admit that. Okay, but damn it, he does his job well. He scores. And I think when he's determined, as I said, and he's motivated, he busts his ass and he plays decent defense and he works really hard and he's done that this year. And you can see how it's paid off. He's been huge for them. He's been huge for the Blazers, man. I mean, he's been unbelievable. They would not have gotten to to the playoffs without him. No way. No way. And the thing is, Let's say they put Caruso on him or they put somebody else. That's an easy that's an easy post-up for Melo. I mean, that's the thing the Blazers have been lacking for years now. Is that, Yeah, Damon CJ can get points, but they, they, they struggle really hard with scoring. Like, they don't get easy buckets. Carmelo can get them an easy bucket. So, I think the Blazers are going to win in seven. Do I really believe that's going to happen? No. But I just love pissing off Laker fans. And, God, I hate LeBron so much. I respect LeBron. But I just hate LeBron. No, well, let me let me rephrase that. I hate LeBron fans. They're annoying as hell. Combine uh, them with Laker fans. Oh, my God. It's a recipe well, for a disaster. Like, when uh. LeBron was complaining about the other day about how, oh, there's no fans thing. And I'm getting used to that about the Lakers struggles. I was like, come on, man. Like, I don't want to hear that. Everyone's dealing with that. You know, like, get, get a grip. You know, like, I don't want to hear that. Like, this dumb excuses. <sighs> Listen. Or- I know we're going to talk about it in the Western Conference Finals podcast, but God, God, if the Clippers play them, oh my God, I will buy a Kawhi. I will buy a Kawhi jersey, and I will go meet Kawhi in Los Angeles and buy him a dinner for the rest of his life if he beats LeBron in the Western Conference hey, Finals. He be in, he'll be in Orlando. Well, when he comes back to LA, I'm saying once <laughs> once once COVID ends, you know, once once we can go out and dine, I will buy Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, if you ever listen to this podcast, sir, you have a free meal in New York whenever you come in in L.A. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think he has the money to pay for it. I think he'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that fresh Mac contract. Uh, 
So, Paul, do you think Portland has any chance? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Just because, like... <laughs> yeah, no, they, like, they really don't, honestly. They don't. Yeah, like, I love what Lillard's done. Um, like, he's been carrying this team for so long. But, like, I don't know. This is still, you know, to Christian's point about, like, the questions with the Lakers, you know, depth and stuff, and, you know, who can you trust as the third guy? If there's any team to, like, try to sort it out against it, I mean, like, Portland's got one of the best, sorry, one of the worst um, defenses, you know, this season. So, like, it's a pretty good tune-up series if there is one um, for the Lakers, I guess, to try to sort those issues out. Um, and yeah, like that defensive rating was mostly without Nurkic in the team, but like even in the bubble, they they're oh, still their defense is awful, so many dude. points. Oh yeah. my god, they yeah, get so the many Celtics points. Shot, the Celtics played them in the second game of the bubble and scored 128, I believe, against them. And that was coming off a bad second half, so that's kind of all you really need to know right there. Their defense, yeah. this just isn't good. Yeah, and against like the Grizzlies, like how did that game end? Like one thirty something or whatever. One twenty two, one twenty six. Yeah, man. Yeah, like they're just they let up so many points. I think this you know, is just going to be pretty easy for the Lakers. I've got you know, them in, like, like five. This is what I say about Portland. They suck ass for three and two thirds quarters. Shoot themselves in the foot and really force themselves to play a hard game. But those last two minutes, man, they are really clutch. It's Dame being clutch, it's CJ being clutch, Melo's been clutch for them too. But against the Lakers, you can't fuck around because LeBron and AD will score like 120 on them yeah. <laughs> real easily. So they have to start playing defense. If they don't play defense, they're going to get washed in the series easily. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a, it's, it, it's kind of a interesting, like, so with Narkic's return, their defense still wasn't good. It wasn't. They're, they're a better team. There's no doubt about that. But their defense still isn't good. Um, I think one thing we talked. So I, I actually forgot to bring this up with the Celtics Sixers series. It, it like when you mentioned Whiteside, I think Whiteside is probably. I think Whiteside's awful. Yeah, I don't think you hate him. He's a great two K player. That's how I just. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, he blocks every shot. You're right Dude, about he gets that. Every offensive rebound. He's a great two K player. He is a terrible real life player. Like he's so lazy. It's uh, like Nurkic. Like that's the thing. Like when your star center, I don't really consider Nurkic a star, but like when your top center leaves the court, this is the problem I have for Philly. You know, like when Embiid's off the court, can Philly even play close to the Celtics? You know, are they just going to get destroyed? But like, Nick, would you? But wait, Nick, would you take? Would you take JaVale McGee over Hassan Whiteside, or would you say that's a toss-up on who plays oh, better? JaVale. JaVale, easy. No question about that. Like, wow. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Whiteside's more talented, but JaVale plays hard. He plays his role. He's yeah, fine. He's JaVale fine. is a hell of a player. Yes, yes. He's just fine. He's not good. He's not bad. He's just fine. But you know what? JaVale is, JaVale is one of those players in a, that he's a glue guy that knows his role. Knows that he's not gonna average twenty a game, but knows that hey, I just gotta come in here, get a couple of dunks, play some good defense, get some rebounds. He knows his role, and that's what that's the kind of player you need on a championship team. Yep, I think um, I, I I just think yeah, it's just 
Whiteside, now funny, I remember the Kobe game, the, the game they had the Kobe Memorial at, and I remember that was against Portland. I remember Portland won, and Lillard went nuts. But one thing I do remember about that game was Whiteside actually outplayed AD, and I was just amazed. And I was like, why it doesn't he do this more? You know, like, he was playing so well. He was blocking AD all the time. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, what, what, where was this the whole season? He's just such a lazy-ass player. He always has been. He's probably the laziest player in the league. I mean, I can't think of anyone close to as lazy as him. So, He's just been saving his energy for this series. <laughs> exactly, Paul. Wait, guys, before we... Can I just say one thing about Damian Lillard? Yeah. I don't think... I don't think this guy gets enough credit for what a fucking fantastic player he is to watch. Oh, yeah. And, it's my Celtic by far. Like, I, I, right. I love watching him play every game. And, and, you know, in a league where players switch teams every week, this guy has stayed in Portland. He's wanted to win in Portland. He's wanted to win a championship in Portland. You know, he's like, he's like, I would, I mean, maybe like Allen Iverson. I don't know. Like, he's going to be forgotten maybe in years, years down the road. But Damian Willard will always have a place in my heart because he's given me so many wonderful moments. Such a fucking great player, dude. So underrated, so underappreciated. Damian Litter is such a beast, dude. And oh, I saw Skip Bayless oh say he's not clutching. Go, please go kick rocks. Yeah. Because he's hit some clutch. Let me tell you something. I knew this kid was going to be nasty when he hit that game winner, game seven against Houston back in 2013. I lost my shit at two o'clock in the morning when he hit that three, man. Yeah. This kid has been cold blooded his entire career, man. We need to put some respect on his name, like he said, man. Damian Lillard's a beast. Yeah, I saw someone, I forgot what pundit said this, but, uh, yeah, I can't remember who said this, but they said that, um, like, Lillard is the closest thing they've seen, not in ability, but, like, mentality-wise, the closest thing they've seen to Kobe, which... Oh, yeah, dude. I think it makes I, sense. Yeah. He, yeah. He, defied, he defines, like, what ice cold is, you know? And you know what's funny? Portland has rewarded him with getting Hassan Whiteside. So there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Portland is just one of those teams that, like, I feel everyone wants to see Lillard win a championship. You know, yeah, Portland, he really deserves one. You, you know, they they're franchise. right. Like, you know what? They're like sorry to cut you. I'm they're like that team where you know they're gonna like get to the second round in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they're just not good enough to win a championship. And yeah. it just breaks my heart because like. Damn, the one, what, the one player who I would love to see win a championship is Damian Lillard because he deserves it. Because he busts his ass every offseason and he doesn't go out there and post videos about his, about him working out and all that bullshit. No, he works by himself. He wants to win by himself. It's a job. He wants to beat everybody because he wants to be the best. And I can appreciate that about Damian Lillard. Yeah. You want to know what I, I think too? With all Portland's like bad luck, you know, Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, Brandon Roy, like so many stars. You know, he's like, it's really nice to see guys stay healthy and keep playing, keep playing like this, and, and finally get a chance to have a star that's as good. Um, sadly, they like I said, they reward him with garbage, but <laughs> but that's just kind of how they uh, how Portland's rolled the last few years. Um, so the two seven in the West is Clippers Mavs. I think a lot of people think this is the best first round series. I would tend to agree. Um, I think 
The Clippers are going to win this. In my brain says six. I could see five. I mean, this is going to be entertaining as hell, though. Luca versus Kawhi. This is Luca and Porzingis' his first appearance in the playoffs. This is not the first rodeo for Kawhi and Paul George. I think this is really when we're going to get to see are the Clippers like is there an extra gear? I'll tell you what though. The Clippers have been the best second-half team in the league for a while now, and especially the third quarter. The third quarter, they're by far the best team in the league. Like, they win every third quarter. You can see the three Lakers games, I believe. As, no, actually, three of the four Lakers games, they won the third quarter easily. And, and so I feel like the Mavs are going to make this really close a lot of games. Luka's just too good to be blown out. You know, he's just too good. Uh, but I think at the end, the Mavs are just not going to have enough. I, I, I think they're just too young. They're too inexperienced. They're not ready for the moment. I think the Mavs, though, this is like the beginning of their kind of ascent. And I think maybe in four or five years, this team might be the best team in the league. But for right now, uh, right now, I would, you know, right now, they're just a little too young, a little too inexperienced. They still got to get over the best and. The Clippers, in my opinion, I, I agree with you, Christian. I think they're the best. So it's it's just going to be too much to overcome. I agree. I think the Clippers will probably win in five. Um, shout out to Luka Doncic, Eastern European God over there. <laughs> no, well, Luka Doncic. Like, I need to Luka, interrupt you real quick. I need to yes. interrupt you. So Woj Bomb, not really a huge one, but Utah Jazz, who are the 3-6 series. Not only is Mike Conley just left the bubble for the birth of his child, he just woke just said Ed Davis is out for the first round. Oh. Damn. So, more depth. They lose Bogdanovich, Davis, and Conley. That's, that's going to be tough to overcome. But sorry. Back- Ooh. Oh, man. Ooh. Bust out the brooms for that series. That's going to yeah. be a sweep. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a clean sweep. Oh, um, but to get back to the Mavericks Clippers, yeah, Luka Doncic is a beast. Porzingis has played really great. I think that the Clippers are just going to be able to stop him defensively because Kawhi is just so good. They'll be able to contain Luka a little bit. And I think the Mavericks' priority this offseason, and I know we're not talking about the offseason, but fuck it. They need to get just a lot of defenders out there, man, because their defense is bad. They're, they're the best offensive team in the league, but their defense is just so bad. They really need to just get guys who can play good defense. Um, but this is really... This is really the Clippers' championship to win, in my opinion, because the hype has been all around them this year. Everybody said Clippers, Clippers, Clippers. They have the most depth. They have the most talent. So they have the most pressure on them. So we'll see. I think Kawhi Leonard is right now the best player in the league. I'd take him over Giannis. Yes, I said that. Um, Their championship to win. Their championship to lose. I think they're going to win the series. But they have a lot of pressure on them, and especially Paul George. He has to really play like a number two, which he hasn't done in recent playoffs. I mean, look at last year. He played horrible. So we shall see. I think the Clippers will win the series 0-5. I just don't think the Mavs are ready yet to ascend, like you said, Nick. Yeah, I, I, I just it just seems like such a such a it, it's just so it'd be so tough for Luke on his first playoff series to be Kawhi, you know. It's just such a mountain to overcome. So, Paul, do you agree or disagree with our picks? 
Yeah, definitely. Clippers probably in five. Like this, this Dallas team is going to go as far as Luka can take them, and I think the Clippers defense is going to be too much. And like even you know to Christian's point about the pressure on the Clippers, like there's I don't think there's anyone more equipped to handle pressure than the robot that is Kawhi Leonard. You know, the claw baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think you know this Clippers team is just going to be too much for Dallas. I'll say this about Dallas, like, um, I've watched, because, you know, they played the two games against the Knicks, and I've watched some other games, man, they have a lot of, like, fourth quarter fails, like, they just choke a lot of games, it's bad, I don't know what the fuck, I think it's just the Knicks players there, they gotta get rid of Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee, man, <laughs> they just, they just end up just struggling towards the end of games, I don't know why, I think that's just maybe a young team kind of thing, but, they have to resolve that because uh, it's going to really cost them. I think in this series, like, I think they'll be. I think these games will be close, but I think the experience and the the leadership of Kawhi and PG will, you know, help them. Aver- will have the Clippers, excuse me. And I just think that this is this is a good experience for the Mavs, though. Like this is definitely a step in the right direction for them. Definitely. And, you know, like I said, I still feel like in four or five years, they're going to be, I, I think they might be the best team in the league. If they stay out, like you said, they, Porzingis is definitely. If Porzingis stays healthy, I, they're going to, depending on who's on their roster, because, you know, Nick, you have to pay three guys $50 million. You're not really going to have a team, but yeah. damn, Luka Doncic is a beast. And Porzingis, if he stays healthy and he actually mixes up his offensive game where you're not just chucking up threes. Yeah, they're going to be tough, man. So Dallas and I'm assuming mean, not Dallas, uh, Denver and Utah. I kind of just mentioned the Ed Davis and granted he didn't play a lot for them. He played more for Brooklyn than he did for Utah. But that's still you never want to lose players in the playoffs. You know you never know who's going to play. Like I still predict that uh, Javante Green, who's like pretty buried in the Celtics rotation, and we just signed him undrafted. He was in the rotation earlier. There, I still feel like he's going to play. He just kind of seems like someone that would in the playoffs because you need athletes in the playoffs, and he's. The, probably the best athlete on the Celtics. Um, but I think, you know, not having Davis, not having Bogdanovich, and now Conley probably missing, like they said, the first two or three games of the series. That's, I, 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 but it's funny, before this series, a lot of people thought Utah could win. You know, a lot of people picked Utah to upset Denver. I thought Denver was going to win easily from the start. That was just my opinion. Like, I, I thought Denver is just a bad matchup for Utah. Like, MB, I mean, uh, Jokic can bring Gobert out, Gobert out, which is kind of a problem because Rudy doesn't like to do that. Uh, I think Denver, I mean, Utah's offense is bad as it is, but Denver's defense is really good, and they can, like, hold Utah to very low point totals. I think one thing that's almost a guarantee in these in this series is the under- you know, like points scored, like betting wise, is gonna be the case a lot. Like they're gonna these are gonna be some low scoring games, man. Like these this series is gonna be like in the nineties a lot, you know? Um yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say Denver in five. I would have said that even with it with Conley in the lineup. Like I just feel like I know Denver doesn't have some players, but Michael Porter Jr. is becoming really good. Now Bull Bull is this kind of phenomenon. Nikola Jokic is just a beast. Jamal Murray's back. He's playing pretty well. Um, 
I just don't see how Utah wins, especially now. Like, Utah's offense without Bogdanovich was a train wreck even before this. And now... Now they don't even have uh now they don't even have Conley. So I, I just don't see it. I think Denver in five. I think the Nuggets I think the Nuggets are could get to the Western Conference Finals, honestly. That's how much faith I have in them. Um because they just have so much depth, man. And the Jazz really rely on Spider. Like that's that's their offense. Like the game that the game they played, where they went to two overtimes against the Nuggets, man, he freaking hit some crazy threes that kept him in the game. But he ran out of juice towards the end of the game because he's the only one who's making shots. So yeah, Nick, I, I mean, I think Jokic and Michael Porter, who's emerging, they have Jamal Murray, they have Gary Harris, Paul Millsap. I mean, the Nuggets just have so much depth. It's it's going to be hard for Utah to even match up with them. If Rudy Gobert dominates, they have a chance, but I don't see Rudy Gobert dominating, man, because Jokic is just so good. And in the double overtime game, Rudy fouled out towards the first overtime because Jokic just causes so much problems. Um. So yeah, like like how we talk about the Mavericks, you know, them being one of the best teams in the next couple of years. I think the Nuggets are on that trajectory as well. I mean, they are really good. They have a lot of talent, a lot of potential. And I know they're playing in Orlando right now, but damn. Imagine them playing in Denver with that altitude. I know you always mention it, Nick. Holy God. They're going to be tough in a couple of years, dude. They're going to be tough. That altitude is such an unfair advantage. Like, teams are so gassed. Like, road teams are by the fourth quarter. Like, you could see it, like, in games. Like, guys are airballing shots in the fourth quarter. That's how tired they are, you know, at the altitude. Um so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I just don't see, like I said, I just don't see Utah winning. So, Paul, do you agree or disagree with our take? Yeah, it's going to take some sort of, like, Lillard-esque effort from Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz to win this because it's just a complete mismatch without all those guys on the Jazz team. Like, depth-wise, it's going to be a pretty easy win for Denver. I think... Yeah, I I know the Nuggets have missed Gary Harris the entire bubble and Will Barton. I don't know what their availability is, um, but I still think, like you said, like with MJ, who has just been re- like our complete revelation in the bubble, like you could replace Barton pretty much no problem. But Gary Gary Harris might be a little tougher, but like it, it, I just feel like yeah, Denver's just got too much. I, I just feel like. It just feels like this is Denver's series to lose, for sure. Uh, and ironically, so far, we've hit zero upsets. Now, leaning into that, this is the one upset that a God lot- has blessed us once again with another series we wanted, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the narrative for the series is fantastic. Like, oh, I really, I really want to see OKC be a Rockets team with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Uh, if, only Russ playing, uh, if only Russ was playing, if only Russ was playing, oh my god! Oh, is he oh, out? Oh, oh. yeah, I think he's playing. out. Oh. Yeah, oh man, he's out at least game one. Um, oh, okay, so he could, he could still be back for the series. Oh yeah, he'll probably be back yeah. for the series. But like, I it's the irony of this series is that the you know big reason the Rockets traded Chris Paul for Westbrook is Chris Paul's not durable and Chris Paul's <laughs> playing and Russell Westbrook is not. So at least in the beginning. Um, I really want to pick OKC in this series. I really do. 
because I feel like they can do it, but I'm not, even without Westbrook. And I think Houston's going to win in seven games, but this is an awesome series. And I, seeing Chris Paul, I, listen, I don't, I'll never really like the Thunder after what they did to Seattle, but I mean, it's hard not to root for Chris Paul in this series. <laughs> I mean, after getting dumped, you know, and basically cast off, he has a chance to get revenge on everyone, including, you know, Daryl Morey, the Rockets organization, James Harden in particular. But I just, I can't pick them. I just don't feel like they're totally... Like, here's what I think is going to be the death knell of the Thunder in this series, even without Westbrook. And by the way, an interesting thing, Westbrook being out means the OKC is betting favorites in game one. That I thought was interesting. Um, I can't because when Chris Paul doubled, Chris who do you give it to? You know, like I, I, I just don't see who they can, you know, go go with here. And also, is Stephen Adams going to be unplayable in this series because of the small lineup? Uh, I don't know. I think he might be very playable. He might get a ton of offensive rebounds and dominate. That can be just to the Rockets. But I just don't. I just don't see it. I'm like with Chris Paul being double teamed. Maybe Shay, maybe Shay Shy. I I always mispronounce it. Maybe Shay Gill, just Alexander. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he is ready for that kind of second score role, and he has been in that role. He's he's played it pretty well all year, but he's very young. Um, Gallinari's a nice role player. He's a pretty good scorer, I guess, but they don't have a lot of scoring. And I mean, I guess Schroeder off the bench is pretty good too. I just don't feel like the OKC is enough talent. I just don't. But I could see them winning this. I will say, I think mentally they're a lot tougher than Houston is. And I think that's going to help them a lot. I think when adversity hits for OKC, and this is a thing, another thing I question, I feel like I said with Jimmy Butler. When adversity hits for OKC, I don't see them quitting. You know, they've been down 20 points, I think, many times this year and have come back a lot. Houston, I feel like when you get them down that much, they quit. You know, they just always quit. You saw against Philly, they were down like five, and then they just quit midway through the game. Um, but I just feel like Houston's just too talented. I think James Harden's too good. I just don't see OKC having enough to beat Houston. Um, but I know, a, I think it's very possible that they, OKC does it. And I think it's very, and I understand the people that are picking OKC. Um, I'll say this about the Rockets. I've trusted them so many times, and they've failed me so many times. <laughs> so, I just don't know, man. Like, like Charles Barkley says it best, man. James Harden, his style of offense, man, the dribble, 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 dribble. I don't think you can win like that. I really don't. And I think the Thunder are just young and hungry. And, well, well say, say Gilgis Alexander at least is young. But I, I don't know, Nick. I think they could play Steven Adams because he's just going to gobble up rebounds like crazy. Like, how are the Rockets going to get any rebounds with Steven Adams dominating? 
And I just think that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to have their signature fails in the playoffs and choke badly as they usually do, and I think the Thunder are going to win this series. How many games? I'll say six. I, I, I think six. I think that... Man, I mean, like, who's in the who's in the Rockets starting lineup? Eric Gord- is Eric Gordon and um, like I don't even know who's who's playing for the Rockets. <laughs> like, I think their original starting uh, their starting lineup in the small ball is uh, obviously Harden Westbrook. I think Ben McLemore starts now. I could be wrong. Oh God, yeah, that's yeah, no. yeah. Obviously, Tucker's their center and Covington. Yeah, no, I'm taking OKC. <laughs> All right, uh, Paul. I mean, this is yeah. probably the only. This is the only disagreement in the series we've had so far. Do you? Which one you? Or which team are you going with? Oh man, I mean, I really like Gilchrist Alexander just because he's been a great staple of uh, my fantasy teams for the past two seasons. <laughs> but, um, and like, this is definitely going to be such a close series, but I. I, I agree with Nick. I think um, the Rockets are just going to be. I think they're just going to be the more talented team. I think, but it's going to be really close. I, I could see this going to seven easily. But yeah, I think I think James Harden is still going to you know pull off some magic and carry the Rockets through this. I'll say this: if the Rockets lose this series in the first round. Time to break it up. Yeah, I think there can be some monumental changes. Like, I I could totally see. I mean, D'Antoni, uh, I mean, I think will be gone. I think Daryl Morey will be gone. I think, I mean, you could easily, I, I don't think they're going to move Harden. I think that's drastic. But I, I, they might try to move Westbrook. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they would. But I'm not sure what they can do. They don't have any assets. So yeah, yeah. this is this is it for the Rockets. You know, this is it. I, I it feels like. And I think like if this like if the Rockets can't win this, then that's gonna be the end of like the super small, like crazy three ball strategy. Because yeah. if if you can't take it past like OKC, which yeah, they're a good team, but you know, there's a reason they're fifth in the West, then you know, I think that's that's probably gonna be it for Mori. Maury. Right. I guess in the background, a die a diehard Maury fan was crying as I said that. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I I think um, I think this this is do or die. Like you said, this is do or you said for the small ball. I agree. The only other team I could see next year that enjoys something like this, if things get desperate, which I don't think they will them. But actually, it's your team, Paul. If they stick Kevin Durant at center, but I don't think he wants that, so I don't think it would happen. Even then, he's like almost seven feet tall or something like that, so it wouldn't even be super small. Yeah, it wouldn't. He basically be he he'd still have the length and height, like you said, to guard them. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's it. Um. So our predictions, obviously, would mean round two of Bucks against Miami, Celtics against Raptors. That was universal agreement on all of them. I think the uh, in the West we had uh, Lakers against 
Uh, well, we had some disagreement. Christian says OKC. Me and Paul say Houston. And the other second round series would be Clippers against Denver. We'll see how right we are. Uh, I guess we can talk for a l- I guess I didn't really have much to say about the Bulls and Pelicans outside of the fact that I saw the Pelicans' main candidates were Ty Lue and Jason Kidd. And I just was like, are you, like, trying to ruin Zion's career? Like, really? Like, It kind of seems like the Pelicans are a lot better than they think they are. They're really buying into their own hype. Yeah, they were terrible in the bubble. Awful. They and were, like... And with the whole playing thing and like the Pelican schedule, like the NBA pretty much wanted Zion in the playoffs. Yeah, they handed it to him. The yeah, Portland had a fairly tough schedule if you look at it. It wasn't like super tough, but it was barely tough. And Portland made it over them. They had the easiest schedule to statistically. Yeah. So it, it I just feel like you know, and you want to know what I said to my brother last night in terms of Kenny. I mean, I don't think Kenny's a great fit for Chicago. I'm not gonna lie, but. New Orleans would be perfect for him. Imagine what he can do with spacing for Zion. Like Kenny Atkinson for the Pelicans to me makes so much sense. He could make he could make Zion like the new Giannis around, you know, with four shooters around him and one of them being Brandon Ingram. But it sounds like they're not even going to consider him, which is crazy to me. I, I do think he's going to get hired by the Bulls. I think it just makes too much sense. But maybe I mean, the Bulls are dumb, too. So who knows? Although the guy they just hired might not be. So we'll see. Uh, if you guys have anything to add, go ahead. But I don't really got anything. Um, yeah, like just based on the names that the Pelicans are linked to, they definitely think they need just that one big coach to push them over the line or something, I guess. But it would make sense for them to pick more of an X's and O's guy instead of someone whose reputation lies with you know, making superstars happy. I thought for them, uh, Jay Laranago has been the Celtics assistant forever. He almost got the Charlotte job. But, uh, I just kind of feel like, it does kind of feel like he'd be a good fit there too. Um, for the well, Pelicans? Yeah, yeah, because Laranago's an X's and O's guy. He always has been. I think they need like, I, I feel like Kenny would be a good fit for them, but I feel like they need like a uh, like a young coach who can teach Zion and Brandon Ingram fundamentals of basketball because I think that's what's missing from that team. They really like they're athletic, but they're not fundamentally sound. That's stuff they really need, honestly. Yeah, and I think. Oh, by the way, one more thing. I saw the other day about the Popovich Brooklyn thing, Paul, mm-hmm. and the on that. If they get him, that's amazing. I, I just don't see it, though. Like like that reporter said, like they're going to try, but it seems extremely unlikely because he's so he's old. You know, the pandemic seems pretty unfeasible on paper, and especially considering he's been in San Antonio for so long. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, if they get him, I, you might have to make them the favorite for the title next year. I mean, that would be unbelievable. Brooklyn. Listen, if, you if the Nets... you got to shoot your shot with this coaching yeah, search. Yeah, definitely. But if the Nets go after a guy like a Mark Jackson or Jason Kidd, I'd be very concerned. Because those guys, I don't know how that would fit, man. I think those guys are not good fits for any team to be a head coach. Well, yeah, my guy for them, I've, as I've told Paul before, would actually be Dan Tony. If he get, I think he's going to be let go. Um, but, 
we'll have to see. Maybe he won't be. Maybe Houston somehow goes on a run and he stays. I don't see it. It sounds like their owner's a cheap fuck who won't pay him. So uh, I don't. I don't. I think he will be a free agent. I think the Nets will be interested. But like you said, if they pick like a Jason Kidd over Mike D'Antoni, that's crazy. I mean, I don't think they will because luckily for them, they have Sean Marks, so who isn't an idiot. Uh, but I guess, I mean, Katie and Kyrie do kind of seem to have the controls of the organization right now. So whoever they want might be the pick. I don't know. A lot of questions to be answered down the line. Um, I'm just amazed that the Bulls actually fired Jim Boylan. I didn't think they were going to do it because it seemed like with the pandemic and they're just, their ownership is delusional. Jerry Reinstorf is, I know James Nolan's an idiot and a bum, but goddamn, Jerry Reinstorf is a close second. And yeah. the only reason he's and the only reason he's been able to pass by as not being a complete bum and idiot is because Michael Jordan in the nineties carried that fucking team to six championships. Yeah, I'm I'm watching the last dance now, getting through it, and really like you know what? As much as we shit on Jerry Krause, he's a dick as a person. But Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan were they carried that organization. Like Jerry Reinsdorf didn't do anything. Let's be real. Right, Jerry Reinsdorf is he's the reason that the Bulls are in the predicament they are now, because he's just such a bad owner. And, you know, let's not, let's not forget about Scottie Pippen. I think he was very important as well. But the fact that he basically, the fact that he basically just let that dynasty die because he didn't want to pay them is just really sickening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, well, I have to see, I mean, it does. I, I do feel like Kenny's going to be the choice there because the, with the way their GM was described, they want a player development guy, and I think that's Kenny for sure. But we'll see. Might not be. If Kenny doesn't get a job for next year, though, I would I would be pretty stunned. Like it, it would make no sense to not consider him for any of these names. I mean, then maybe it'll be Philadelphia. Although I think Philadelphia is a terrible fit for him, but oh, yeah. but because no shooting and his his system is like not centered. Feels like ninety percent of the and Philly has uh, Ben Simmons. So uh, I guess we'll have to see. I guess we'll have to see. So yeah, I think that'll be it from the BX Basketball Podcast. We'll do one right before the second round. Hopefully, I'm on an angry tirade with the Celtics losing. But <laughs> uh, I really, really hope not because losing the Philly would be a disaster of a season. No matter when it is, <laughs> you know, just losing to them is just the worst thing ever. Besides I mean, if the Celtics lose, that's going to make for a must-listen podcast, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, right up, 100%. Right up there with that loss. What was it? Like when Ky- when, they, the, when they lost that last series they had with Kyrie? That was a pretty fun rant to oh, listen to as a new No, show. it was. <laughs> I was so fondant during the end that I was just like, Dude, he shot 30% in, like, the last five games, uh, four games. Like, 30% and played a horrible defense. So, I was just like, I, you know what? If he leaves, and I just sat there quietly for, like, a minute, and I just said, you know what? Fuck him. Like, okay. honestly, he quit, which well, he did. He, he quit. He did. But Paul, I don't want to Nick, Nick, oh, man, Paul, Nick called me the night they were losing to the Bucks and was just <laughs> so heartbroken. <laughs> That they lost. It was just unbelievable, man. Oh, man. You want to know what, too? You want to know what? I, I knew, like, I tried to fight the notion all year that Kyrie wasn't going to leave. 
You know, I did because I felt like at the end of the day, like we could have gotten Anthony Davis for what we had, and I figured he'd stay one more year at that. Like logically, it makes sense to try, you know. But he wanted to leave, and he quit on us. So fuck him. Uh, we invested a lot in him, and he quit on us. So I mean, I don't want to get too much into it. Honestly, him leaving might end up being a very good thing. Like I said. The way Kemba has fit into this team, uh, I hope it is. Um, I never dislike the Nets. Uh, I will dislike them when he's on the court, just because he's on the court and fuck him. Uh, I don't dislike any of the other Nets. I could care maybe Durant. I don't like, but like I, outside of that, I'm fine with all of them. Um, but you know, he can uh, go fuck himself. But. You know, we're trying to win without him, and I think so far we've done a good job. So I hope that continues. I think it will, because fuck Philly. That's how I'm going to end this. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them cheesesteak-eating motherfuckers. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. For the BX Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Englander here with... Paul Burry. And... Christian Okay. Fuck Philly. See you next time. <laughs>